Hi, everybody. This is Tracy, and I'm delighted you've joined me for this episode of Good Life Stories. I created this podcast because I believe we are all seeking connection, and what better way to do that than through story? So get ready. These stories are meant to suck you in. Welcome to Good Life Stories. Hey, everybody, this is Tracy with Good Life Stories. You know, it turns out I had so much fun talking to Jen that we've split this episode into two. We just finished up with her Good Life Stories, and now we are moving on to her superpowers. So looking forward to letting you have Jen Yu, part two. All right, so I want to segue over to your superpower because I think this was so fun. That like those are fun questions. I love that you have three. Like you just like just wrote them all down. So here's my three. These are amazing, and I love that. (laughs) So tell me, so tell me your your three superpowers. So I want to hear about the part that first about the party stuff. Like where did you get the party skills? Like has this (laughs) always been a natural ability? Like where are we? I think that I learned the party skills from my mom. She always loved throwing me birthday parties in the summer. And so she made it very effortless. And she did say, once the people arrive, the party is happening. Yes. No matter. (laughs) So the people are the party. It's not anything other than that. So that was her, her big contribution. And she's, she's a very social person and she loved getting big gatherings together. Yep. So yep. fun. Oh, so yeah. And I've, I love throwing parties. I threw all my kids birthday parties. And in, when we lived in Texas, it was such a hospitable place to live. Yeah. And just people in your house all the time. Yeah. Like, it was not a big deal. And I really honed my party skills there. Nice. So nice. yeah, the birthday Good parties practice. were epic. Yeah. yeah. They were big and wild and crazy. And um, we would throw big parties uh, in college. Yeah. We would throw sponsored parties with our Asian American Alliance group. Yeah. Um, we had like a 300 person, 400 person event every year. Nice. Put that all nice. together and they all just kind of come together and I freaking love it. Nice. I love it. That's so cool. I didn't, I don't think I knew you had that experience from college. That's a yeah. neat thing. Cause oh, it yeah. is, a, it is a skill set. Like, you know, once you've done it, you know, you kind of get it down. Yes. But Vic and I have been doing these parties since we were in our, since we were 19, 20 years old. Right. You got it yeah. down now. Yeah. It's not, I'll say this. We, we don't, don't get it twisted. We still fight up until the minute the doorbell rings at right. every party. So it's not, <laughs> It's all right. As long as it's, as long as the cue is when the doorbell rings. Yeah. As soon as the doorbell rings, like, hi, like, <laughs> Ta-da! So great. the yeah. lights are on, you know? Yeah. Curtain is drawn. Basically. All right. So tell me about movie analyzation. Where did, oh. where in the world did you get this skill? Cause I love the idea. And then I also think, wait, I don't want to watch a movie and have you do this. Cause then I'll, I'll, I'll miss it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> For if you do ever want to watch a movie with me, we can watch something you've already seen. Oh, excellent. And I can do that. That way you can, I can do like, I can have the full experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So take any movie you've already seen and whether or not I've seen it, I can start analyzing it for you. Nice. I learned that in college. 
So I took um, every film class that my college had to offer in addition to every women's studies class, English class, (laughs) creative writing class, and uh, minority literature class. I took film. Wow. We would sit in the dark and scribble on paper. Yeah. We didn't have computers, you know, early 90s. And we would take notes during the film. So it taught me how to read film. Right. Oh, how fun. Yeah. How yeah. fun. Learned all that stuff. Had a great professor. And uh, yeah. So there are times where I'm watching a movie with Vic and I'm like, there's a lot of red in that scene. <laughs> Look at how that character is wearing a red shirt. Hmm, hope, hope nothing bad happens to them. <laughs> it's like, the, is it the Star Trek where the guys in red always die? Uh, the red shirts. Yeah. Yes. The red shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You don't want to be that guy. Um, and then, okay, the last one is that you can follow recipes to the letter. So oh, tell me more about that because I lo- Rob and I have lots of debates about recipes and how to use them properly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think just for me, another thing that my mom always said is if you can read, you can cook. Mm. Yeah. And to judge a cookbook based on not just the pictures, but really look at the the recipes. And if you can make like at least three things from that recipe book, you should buy that recipe book. Yep. Um, anything from a trusted brand will have been yep. tested in a test kitchen. Right. And if you follow that recipe, it should come out nine times out of 10 as it's supposed to. Nice. I am not a fan really of adding to it or taking away. To a recipe. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a chemical engineer. I don't have the <laughs> capacity to understand how spices and, and yeast and salt right. and things all work together. I don't pretend to, and I don't want to. For me, cooking is the simplest thing in the world. Yeah. It really is. It just takes time, but boy, oh boy, I feel very accomplished when I, when I do it. And I don't know, like Vic thinks it's some kind of crazy alchemy that I'm doing every time. And I'm like, I'm literally reading and following directions. Yeah, but you actually have some special talent. Because whether or not you're tweaking things, you've done that process Mm. so many times. Mm. You know, I mean, if you think about how many recipes that you'd never made before, Mm. have you done that Mm. with? Mm -hmm. I mean, thousands? Probably now. Yeah, easily. So, I mean, if you've done it thousands of times, like you probably have slight corrections that you're making in cooking time, like by a minute. Like when I'm not talking about, you know, saying, oh, I'm, I'm not going to cook it in the crock pot. I'm going to just put it in a frying pan. Like you're not, yeah. you're just, you're, but you're saying, oh, I need a bit, you know, or you put in like an, like you, instead of for your measuring cup, you know, you're filling it exactly to the cup. Like you're doing things slightly differently where somebody else, they might be a little bit sloppy about being so exact where Mm -hmm. you are actually doing that precision, but you're also have a different recipe selection process. Cause like when you said that about like, Oh, you know, a trusted source, you know, will have gone through a test kitchen. I'm like, Oh, duh. You know, (laughs) I just hadn't (laughs) thought about that. Because I've had a bunch of recipes I've tried and I have followed them to the letter and they've been awful. Uh So like, 
it's just funny because like, I feel like that's just like, you have a skill set there that's actually like way back here. Like, you know, you've, you've boiled it in through so many times that you can make those micro adjustments Mm -hmm. that you don't even know you're making. Yeah, I probably, I have a, I, and I was just telling Vic about this the other day. I was looking at all the cookbooks I have and some of them I just (laughs) bought for the pretty pictures and I Mm -hmm. never made a single thing from them. And then there are like three that I constantly use. And those should be the only three I own, Tracy. Like, why do I have all these cookbooks? Because you love them and they're beautiful and they make you happy. I'm running out of room. I don't use them though. They would make other people happy maybe. I mean, you could start by like donating one a quarter. Yeah. And just pick one versus trying to gut the whole shelf. I know. You know know what's going to happen though? I'm going to pick one. I'm going to start reading it and be like, oh my gosh, I should totally which would be okay because then you'd be using it again. That's I love that. No, I know. There is a there is a sense of joy and accomplishment I get from reading something, following the directions, and producing actual cooked food for my family. That yeah. or myself. That is yeah. like, man, it's a luxury. And I don't it know is. why, but it feels like such a I don't know. But like, there's so much about cooking that I find like when you can slow down and really just take the time to enjoy doing it, like it's such a gift to yourself as well as to your family. You know, there's like that time, like there's, it's a very ritualized experience that's just really good for us on many, many levels. And knowing that you're putting good ingredients in there, like all the things, like even just working with quality food, like just you know, that there's so many things like on all the different levels, whether it's yeah. tactile or smell or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's one of the few things that we repeatedly do that has like all of your senses plus emotion. Yes. You it's know. time well spent and the kitchen always smells amazing. Yeah. And boy, it's, yeah, I don't know. I was just, yeah, that's why I kind of wrote that. Cause it's always so funny. Cause I get, you know, Vic will be like, wow, that's amazing. How did you do that? And to me, it's like, I followed the recipe. And to him, it's like, what? Yep. (laughs) See, like mine is like the, I always want to follow the recipe this, Mm -hmm. the way it's written the first time. Because then I decide if I like the way it tastes. Because I feel like if I mess with it the first time I make it, I don't actually know if I like that recipe. Uh, That's true. Do you taste as you go, though, or do you taste at the end? Mm, I sometimes taste as I go, but I don't think about that as much. Okay. So maybe that's my micro adjustments because I actually do taste as I go. That's a huge adjustment. Yeah. So anything, even if it's like cookie dough, I will will taste it as I go, and then I will adjust a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do, like, if it's at, um, actually, my favorite recipe site is still All Recipes. Yeah, it's a um, good site. And I read the comments about how they tweak things. Yeah. And I will actually follow some of those tweaks. I consider that part of the recipe. That's part of right. the Right. Oh, yeah. Feedback. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because they'll be like, holy smokes, you need way more salt. And so I'm like, cool. Like, they saved me so much time because they're the testers. Exactly. That's the right. test kitchen. <laughs> yeah. So... It's a whole thing, but yeah, it's been, we've been trying this last couple of months to really get the family back around the table again. Yep. And what's bringing it back around is homemade meals. Yeah. You know, it's it's way more. Makes a difference. It kind of does. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah. I want to 
keep doing that. So yeah. yeah. All right. So tell me your favorite quote, and then what about it? Why do you keep coming back to it? It was just something I read a long time ago, probably when I was a middle schooler, and I was or high schooler, probably high school. It's the last line of Ulysses by Alfred Lord Tennyson. And the line is to strive to seek to find and not to yield. And to me, it just means like, keep going, keep on keeping on. It's like, it's infinitives. It's an infinitive form, which is is a verb. Um, I also took Latin in college. So so infinitives are the foundation, the cornerstone of Western language. So those are all infinitives. Right. And then just like that, and not to yield. Like at the end, it's like, oh, you know, like, a, I don't know. Yeah. It just like makes me want to put my fist. Yes. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Just the, ha ah. yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, right? and really, you know, it's the end of Ulysses. So like, really. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's freaking um, awesome. Anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's the one that like, I always have it in my head. I don't know why it just resonates. Yeah. yeah. All right. So one thing that you want to get done in the next year. One thing that I'd want to get done in the next year. I think what I wrote was for me was on the job front yeah, to, to get promoted. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be at uh, two years in my current role. Yeah. And it's time to, yep. you know, knock on that door. Yeah. And then, you know, for my son would be to like start the college application process and yeah go through that whole thing. And I have been not doing as much in that area. I've been kind of making that the husband's job. Yep. But I should probably get more involved in that arena because deadlines and things like that. Yeah. Things seem to happen more when I'm, when I've got my eye, when the eye of Sauron is is on them. (laughs) Basically. I love that you're the household eye of Sauron. <laughs> I kind of am. It's so yeah. bad. But uh, I yeah, I think right. those were the two kind of off the top of my head. But who knows, you know, what the what the next year is. Uh, I don't know if you do this in January, but do you ever just get like the new calendar and then yeah. just start writing stuff in it? <laughs> you know, when the kids were little, we would write all the school vacations and school days off. And we're still doing that. We're almost yep. at the end of that time. Yeah. Oh, thank the Lord. And then it's like, okay, when are we going to do vacation? Yeah. Know, summer vacation, whatever. But like at some point my anxiety starts like kicking <laughs> into gear, like what's going to happen? <laughs> like stop planning the year. It hasn't even started yet. Yeah. And so it's like, oh. I have a really good friend um, who's a life coach that I work with. Um, I don't know, long time ago now. But um, she, one of the things she taught me about were basically these ideas of 10 week cycles that we yeah. have five 10 week cycles in the year. Mm. And one of them starts right about now mm. and ends at the end of January. And when she was talking to me about that, I remember 
just being so fascinated by that idea because this is one of the cycles where people tend to look inward, they mm-hmm. slow down, they become contemplative, like all these sort of things. This is not really a season of high action. Mm-hmm. This there is activity going on. You know, we're not like completely hibernating, but in mm-hmm. the sense of, but she was talking about that's why, in her belief, a lot of people don't start their New Year's resolutions well because they try and start them in the middle of that hibernation cycle. Yeah. And she said, if you're trying to do something like that, it's better to start it at the end of January Mm -hmm. because that's, and it's interesting, like more time Mm. I've spent thinking about those 10 week cycles and how they function. Mm. I observe so many things that work around that. And it's just interesting. So like for you and you're like, oh, that calendar in the beginning. And I'm just like, well, maybe not the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, that is that so, so wise. Yes, that is so wise. Just even to have, you know, the, the quarters of the year, like in business being January through March and then April through like, yeah, why are you doing so this foreign? Too? Yeah. Right. Because like those last Q4, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Because of holidays, why don't we just shift it to be November through January where nothing happens, but like maybe a little at the beginning and maybe a little at the end? But it's like a great time for review, yeah. for observations, yes. for learning. It's yeah. but it's not a time to be like finishing things, you know. It's oh, it's the time it to just do doesn't the retrospective happen. and say, okay, what worked, what didn't. Yeah, people are in that wintering phase. Have you read Wintering? No. By Catherine May. Okay. It is fantastic. Yay. Good book. You always have good books. Thank you. I'm going to make sure I've got her name right. Yeah. We actually read it. uh, Yeah, Catherine May. Um, We read it as an Amazon Women's Book Club thing. Nice. And I read it last year. It's wintering colon the power of rest and retreat Ooh, in I difficult times. Yeah. Not just in the winter. It is called right. wintering. But, but just the idea. Yeah. It's a fantastic book and they're broken up in chapters. And this gal, Catherine May, with with a K, um, talks about how she had spent seasons wintering and um, there was family stuff and health stuff and, and you know, I don't want to give it away like why she winters, yeah. but she's also kind of like a investigative journalist. So she would travel to places to see how people adapted in the wintertime. Oh, and what wow. they Fascinating. Did. So yeah. she talks about people who do the polar plunge and what that does yeah. to their bodies and, um, and why they do it and why people in the Northern climates get that hygge vibe going right and what that does mentally and this idea of cocooning spending a little time to cocoon up and just retreat and how freaking amazing it is and how humans need it so much and I was like oh yeah yeah well and I feel like with our society I feel like we're kind of in you know that activity is the measure Mm. and it's not always about the activity sometimes it's about the stillness you know, and yeah, that really you matters. would love this book because it is, it's such a peaceful um, contemplation and to read it in the winter time is the best like oh, by a fire. You just want to just sit with it, but it yeah. is really about when you, when you're 
any time during your life where you're feeling like you need time to regroup, reassess. Yeah. It's great for, for all of that. So nice. I'm not sure where my copy is. I think I gave it to somebody and I don't think I gave it (laughs) to Otherwise I totally give it to you. Um, But please, please, if you haven't read it and for your listeners, I I highly recommend it during this time of year because it's just, it's a cozy book and yeah. Perfect. Perfect timing for that. So excellent. Well, Jen, we are about at our time. Thank you so much for today. I just can't say thank you enough. You are very welcome. Hopefully we can talk again on other topics. Yeah. We will I hope definitely everyone do that. enjoys the their uh, their holiday time and don't stress out and don't worry about your outfits. Yep. And I, I'll try not to <laughs> too. I know. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Good Life Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website at goodlifestories.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Please subscribe and consider rating and reviewing the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help others connect to us. Who do you know with a good life story? I would love to hear from you. Good Life Stories, creating connection one story at a time.